Welcome to the Wonder Life Podcast, the voice for health and wellness, where soul, science, and technology meet. Each week, we chat with game changers, thought leaders, and experts to help you ignite your light and spark your power so you can go out and raise the vibration and change the world for the better. You may find us on social at wonder.life, at Wonder Health, and that is Wonder with a U. Subscribe, like, and share so we can light up this world together. Thank you, and we hope you enjoy the show. Hey, our podcast is brought to you by Indie Fitness Festival, and we have some awesome tips for you today. Are you not moving the needle on the scale? Well, there's some reasons why you might not be losing weight. And our friend, Angie Grant, founder of the Indie Fitness Festival, is here today. But why aren't you losing the weight? And we've all gotten into this plateau, this rut, but ultimately the number one thing that I have found is it, it's your nutrition. What are you eating? What are you putting into your body consistently that is likely holding you back? So if, if you've not been able to move the needle on the scale or your jeans just aren't buttoning up uh, comfortably, I would evaluate your food intake and what, what it is that you're putting into your body day in and day out. We all know the right foods to eat, vegetables, fruits, how much of that to eat. There's portion size control that you should evaluate. And there's lots of research out there on, on you know, body size and type and um, what's what's appropriate for you, but ultimately just put more greens in your body, put more healthy nutrients, skip the chips. Um, you know, carbs are good. Carbs are friends. I just want everyone to know that, but uh, you know, there's, there's limits within those. And I think if you reevaluate what's in your diet today, you're ultimately going to see a little bit of movement, either on the scale or in the way that your clothes fit. So does that start really with just paying attention before you make any big changes? Or what would you suggest? Like a good first step would be to maybe having a shift. Start with one thing. Just start small. Lots of people get overwhelmed with doing a diet overhaul. And even me personally, I don't eat terrible, but when I do, it, I feel it. Cut out the one thing that you know that you should be cutting back on. Is it pop? Cut back on it. If, even if it's just one less a day, um, just start small. Uh, I can tell you that I'm a, I'm a big snacker, so if it's, if it's chips or you know, chocolate balls or whatever it is that's in your pantry that you just can't give up. You don't have to give it up. Just cut back on the, the amount that you're putting in, you know, uh, every little day, every little day here and out. I love that. Just little things here and there. Yeah. It's it, before you do a big overhaul. I mean, if you're prepared to do a big overhaul, great, but be prepared. So, we could be working out like bandits and maybe eating McDonald's and we potentially are not moving the needle because the nutrition piece is off. Totally. Totally. You could even be gaining more fat, bad fats that way, even if you're a workout fiend. All right. You heard it here. Our friends at Indie Fitness Festival um, will be taking over Indianapolis very soon. What are the dates of the fitness festival and where can people get tickets? September 17th through the 20th, uh, coming up in a few weeks. Get tickets at IndieFitnessFestival.com. It's a studio crawl event. You can hop around to over 45 locations, over 100 classes being offered in downtown Northside Indy, broader for Fishers and Carmel. That is exciting. Get your workout on, y'all. I love this. Well, thank you, Angie. We are so excited for the fitness festival, and we'll see you in a few weeks. All right. Thanks. On to the chat with our very special guest host, Christy Thiel, 
and rock star hormone and women's health guru, Leslie Carol Botha. Enjoy the show. Good morning, everyone. This is Christy, and we have Leslie Carol Botha. We're going to be discussing hormones, health, periods, and birth control. Are you cursed or are you blessed? Are we cursed or are we blessed? And that really is the crux of this whole birth control issue. It's birth control has been known for a long time by uh, menstrual health advocates, researchers, educators, academians, to be the largest uncontrolled experiment in medical history. And what we are seeing now are the epigenetic effects from years and years of synthetic hormone use. And I, the sad thing is because women are not taught body literacy, women are not taught about their hormone changes uh, and the mental, emotional, and physical effects on the body, um, we're basically out of control of our lives. The data I walked away with after rotating through different schools and different girls, different backgrounds, um, is that the majority, 13 to 17 year old girls, were getting their periods in jail. They were acting out premenstrually. They had no idea what was going on. No one told them about how immunity dives, drops with hormones right before menstruation. So that the alcohol and drugs they're doing over here hits them like a bomb over here. We call it date rape. They run away from home. They get pimped. They get trafficked. They commit suicide. This is a huge social political issue that's causing these girls a lot of shame and stigma if they survive it, that they need to carry into their adult years. So I've been passionate about this topic for years. I started at Planned Parenthood when Planned Parenthood was a feminist organization back in the 70s, dating myself, but I came in at the tail end of the fight uh, for women to choose uh, when to get pregnant. And I was, came in on the tail end of that, and that was our battle cry for uh, offering birth control, uh, body literacy, as well as abortion choices. And, um, my concern is now that we as women, as feminists, went into this with our eyes wide shut, and the birth control that we demanded that we have um, so every time we laid down, we didn't get pregnant, right? I have nine kids and keel over at 55. Um, the birth control that is available on the market now, now controls women. Mm. And let me explain that. We've gone from um, diaphragms, condoms, birth control pills, which we had a choice of whether we wanted to take it or not, not a good idea to do that kind of hop, skip, and jump around on birth control, but that's fine. But my point is we had a choice of whether to take birth control or not. If we didn't feel well on it, we had a choice on whether to stop it. Now, what's the difference? We've lost that control. Now we have to go to a doctor, and he's either going to inject or insert uh, or implant something in our bodies that slowly drips chemical hormones into our system, synthetic hormones. It's a chemical drip. It's a chemical sterilization drip. Let's make it really clear here. If you're inhibiting ovulation, you're sterilizing someone. These are called long acting, um, Long reversible contraception, long acting reversible contraception. They're called LARCs. All right, but we're talking Depo-Provera, which is a, a shot in the arm. Implanon, they put insert rods in the arm. Uh, IUDs, they're inserting into 11-year-old girls, which in my book is nothing short of rape. Um, and they're doing this without parental consent because the, we're not watching um, the reproductive health 
um, industry like we do other industries, like we've come to do on the vaccine industry, for example, or on other medical pharmaceutical devices, for example. Um, so we've got these things in our body. We have no idea what the side effects are. Leslie, why would they be putting an IUD into an 11 year old child, whether they've had their cycle or not? That and is that's insane. a very and that is how you sterilize a population and depopulation. I know that sounds really radical, but well, a thousand girls went off to school one day in Seattle a few years back and came back with one of these devices. Now these girls are also getting pressured. If you're you're reading what's going on, and I've kind of dropped out of that arena, but especially in California, I'm they're getting pressured to go on birth control. Um, and to get the HPV vaccine at the same time, there's a reason for that. Um, because when you're suppressing ovulation, all right, you're suppressing that part of the brain, you're getting rid of that ebb and flow and that drop in immunity. So adverse reactions are a lot less to, um, say, a vaccine. I, I, think we, immunity. I think, too, we need to back up because I think some women actually want to be sterilized. They, they don't understand that having a period or menstruating has benefits. So to them, sterilization may not be a shocking word. I have, um, no, I have no problem with that. However, the side effects far yes, outweigh the risks. So when women start losing their hair and, I, and in clumps, baldness, female baldness is huge right now due to this progestin, uh, progestin birth control methods, and I'll go into that in just a moment, um, weight gain, anxiety, agoraphobia, uh, suicidal ideation. We've now taken PMS, which we all know, and it's now called premenstrual dysphoric disorder or PMDD. There are thousands of women in groups on, on the social media platforms who are literally dying for two weeks out of the month. Uh -huh. um, if they're dying, then their husbands, partners, and children are dying right along with them. And there's so much trauma in the household. And I've met with some of these men at some of the conferences I've been with, and they, they suffer from PTSD. Because the women are so... Yes, and I've talked with many of them on, on social media. And my wife visits two weeks again, and she's threatening to take the kids and leave the house. And what do I do? How do I cope with this? I love her, but two weeks out of the month is two weeks out of the month. But let's, let's, let's go back to where you were, Christy. Yeah, so sterilization, sure. If it worked, that would be great. Everything on this planet cycles. Every cell in our body cycles. But, um Everything cycles. We have the sun, we have the moon, we have day, night, seasons, everything cycles. Now we, we've, in our society, we've taken away that cycle, especially for women. But that's where women got their power from. That's what red tents are about. That's what the Bible was talking about and, and living with cycles. And because women understood this and they understood their hormone shifts based on the moon. In fact, at one point in time, it was thought that the full moon impregnated women. Too bad we lost that one, but <laughs> there was no light. There was no cement walls around them. They just the stars and the moon. And by matriarchal, I mean that they were peacefully run by women um, who understood the nurturing part of, of blood versus the patriarchy, which uses blood as a tool and is invasive and as a sign of war and conflict and women on the other hand in a matriarchy uh, simply understood the power of blood and bleeding into the earth um, the power of living with cycles so women were the first historians they were the first um, astrologers agronomists uh, economists mathematicians and this is all written up in Rosalind Miles book the women's history of the world and um, and she spells all of this out and this was known since the beginning of the time uh, so now you know the, the, everything shifted then we had the witch burnings all right, to, to really just really eradicate what women knew. 
and the power that women carried. So the only way to survive those witch burnings for men and women by was to deny who they are. That's how women survived the witch burnings. Mm. And so we are still suffering the effects of that, still in our DNA. It's still part of our inner trauma. And because of that, we have given our power to those outside of us, whether that's husbands, um, partners that treat us like property, which has been done over the years, to doctors, lawyers, and Indian chiefs, which we're still doing today. And we don't question it. Oh, you want to put an IUD in me that's going to drip a chemical hormone in me for five years? Oh, go right ahead. <laughs> and we don't question it until all of a sudden we are stuck in one of these groups. Um, we find ourselves, and gratefully for most women, to have a place to go um, and find herself in a group suffering with thousands of others, women, or in the PMDD groups on Facebook, suffering with thousands of other women as a result of hormone birth control. Now, um, I was at a, a conference on PMDD. I sat on their board of directors and was a speaker and a Harvard gynecologist who was also on the board of director at the same time um, stood up and, and, and made it very, very clear that um, Depo-Provera and other progestin methods of birth control are directly responsible for a premenstrual dysphoric disorder. What we have done is medicalized women's bodies. Every aspect of it. We've gone from, let me just digress over here to a little bit, to pregnancy. Women, I mean, we'd call it postpartum depression if a woman was struggling. Now they give that woman Prozac while she's breastfeeding. They also put her on Depo-Provera, another method of birth control while she is breastfeeding. Um, we're starting to find out the epigenetic effects of that one, which may be um, children on the autism spectrum disorder. Um, but let's think about what we're doing here. Let's put it in another. So, oh, let me finish up. So postpartum depression. And then it went into, then it was called postpartum psychosis. And now it's labeled as maternal mental illness. What does that do to a, a new mom? To be labeled and drugged instead of enjoying this beautiful being she just brought into the world. But we're seeing medical management, going back to 11-year-olds, having these devices inserted in them to, to sterilize them, all the way through now to pregnancy, and all the way through into menopause. And yet maternal mortality and premature deaths amongst women in the United States are some of the highest rates in the world, and they far exceed uh, developing countries' rates. I mean, we spend so much more money on healthcare and medical care, and yet women are dying at a higher rate in this country than in any other countries. There's a Native American proverb, a nation is not defeated until the hearts of its women are on the ground. And from where I sit, I see the hearts of its women on the ground. Now there's, go ahead, someone have a- Wow. I'm floored. I mean, you just said so much. I'm like, I feel so schooled. I'm pretty thrilled about it. So it's going to take me like some time to digest what you've said. Um, going back to this whole piece around, uh, you know, the progression from postpartum to maternal mental illness. That is insane. That is yes. insane. How, why have we given up our power? Why have we said, you get to decide what I think and what I feel, and I'm going to take your label, and I'm going to take your pill, and I am going to do whatever you say. Why do I not know what I think? Where is my wisdom? Because we're told it's all in your head. It's all in your head. It's all in your head. That's the, the, that's the pat response that women go in on hormone birth control or anything else. And they say, oh, it's all in your head. Well, guess what? 
damn it, they're right. Because it all does take place in the brain. But how they are saying it, the doctors are saying it, is from a patronizing, psychological, we don't believe any of your crap type of thing. That is the common theme. So let me throw one more powerful quote at you that's going to flip your world upside down. Eve Ensler, the great feminist, Eve Ensler, who wrote the Vagina Monologues. Um, um, she also did One Billion Rising for a while. Um, a dance that took place on February 14th around the world and it grew to a billion people that would stop what they were doing at certain times around the world and do this dance to bring awareness to stop domestic violence. It was really powerful there for years. Anyway, she has worked with women in her lifetime, uh, femital, uh, female genital mutilation, women who have been stoned and raped and abused in, in Eastern countries in the developing world. And she was diagnosed with ovarian cancer. And she ended up at the Mayo Clinic when she's probably, you know, was in her 50s or something, ended up at the Mayo Clinic and the doctor there said, what a blessing this is. He said, you don't have ovarian cancer. You have a spiritual a disease. You have embodied all of the trauma from these women in your reproductive organs, which is what we do, especially our womb. Our womb is sacred. You have embodied that. It's your experience in a book called In the Body of the World. There's a subtitle to it, but if you just type in Eve Ensler, E-N-S-L-E-R, in the body of the world. Uh, and it's just her story. And th there's one line, one statement where she sums up women's experience from the beginning of time until now. One sentence, and she nails it. And that sentence is, hysteria is a word used to make women feel insane for knowing what they know. Please repeat that. And I'm going to repeat that. Hysteria is a word used to make women feel insane for knowing what they know. And Andrea, that feeds back into your question, why? So then she writes it in a larger paragraph, and I have this. I, I took it out of the book. I typed it. Um, so then she writes, what is the non-hysterical response to rape, abuse, female genital mutilation, poverty, toxins, children diving in dirty rivers in India to, collecting plastic to sell plastic? What is the non-hysterical response to that? And you're just sitting there going, right? Yeah. I, I yep. we rage and, and rage because this is not our reality. I mean, think about it. Think about it. Think about it. All right, you're done. I'm going to tell you about it. Out of all of the mammals on this planet, out of all of the friggin' life forms on this planet, Women are the only ones who are lobotomized with hormone birth control. We're the only ones who have our breasts taken off. We're the only ones that have our uterus ripped out and our ovaries taken out, whether or not we need it or not. Marilyn Monroe in its surgery with a sticky note on her abdomen saying, please don't take my ovaries. That was done against our consent. We're the only ones that are having plastic, vagina, plastic surgery on our vaginas. I can't see my vagina. Can you see your vagina? <laughs> really? I haven't looked at mine since I had my son. <laughs> I know that thing has has reached a different place, and I'm not actually overly interested. I probably should make peace. I don't dislike it, but I don't really want to see it. It's been nine years. Um, so, but I mean, but here's the deal. Look at all the things that are being done to our bodies, and most of it without our consent, because because we just say sure. Sure. I know a lot of women, um, you know, speaking of the whole period situation, um, you know, who have very hard periods, whether that's genetic or whether they've taken birth control or whatever, or hormonal. Um, and a lot of women I know are getting ablations. Um, Fibroids. What does that, what cysts. does that do? 
they don't have those. They just have, they have hard, they have hard periods. So they're like, I'm going to get the lining taken out, you know, blown out, burnt out. Oh, oh my God. I can help with that. Most of it's natural progesterone and bioflavonoids. Let's talk about that. We've got, you know, there's hundreds of hormones. We're just going to focus on estrogen and progesterone. All right. We have so much estrogen in our environment. Xenoestrogens, plastics, people microwaving plastic, um, plastic uh, uh, estrogens, synthetic uh, estrogens in um, shampoos, makeup, um, household products, dryer sheets. There's another example, perfumes. So we're just all reeking estrogen, all right, which is why a lot of people are having anxiety disorders. Estrogen and progesterone need to be in ratio with each other to be most effective, just like most things in life, all right? We, the sun sets at a certain time of day and the moon rises at a certain time of day. The Fibonacci code, you look at a flower, it's all, the petals are in perfect ratio with each other. So is our body. So, and our hormones are a symphony. They create music in our body. And when those chemical messages are being skewed, the body starts acting badly. So getting back to estrogen and progesterone, the higher the rate of estrogen in our environment, the more of a gap between that and progesterone. So let us also then add in these fourth generation birth control methods that are progestin based, progestin, not progesterone. Progestin is a synthetic progesterone that when ingested or injected or implanted into the body is um, suppresses your natural production of progesterone. Progesterone is your vital feel-good hormone along with oxytocin, whatever, another discussion, but progesterone. It also um, prevents hemorrhaging. Uh, a lot of women say, oh, I've been bleeding now for 14 days, or I've had two periods this month. And I say, no, you're hemorrhaging. You don't have enough progesterone in your uterine lining to maintain that lining. It's called hemorrhaging. And when you put it in that context, they go, oh, they kind of wake up instead of, oh, I've had, I'm still bleeding for 14 days or three months or whatever that looks like. And the other thing, uh, progesterone is um, integral for is preventing miscarriages mm -hmm. and miscarriages and uh, miscarriages are pretty rampant right now. Um, as, and pre along with premature births, uh, premature births of babies, um, pretty rampant. Uh, that's another whole issue right now. There's an article that came out in Scientific America, probably Science Daily, a few years back saying, hey, we found out why the maternal body will never reject the fetal body because of this mechanism of action. And then a few years later, another article came out saying, saying that the maternal body is now rejecting the fetal body, which is why we're having these premature births. Why is that happening? Because the maternal body has become so compromised, immune compromised, um, nutrient deficient, mineral deficient. We're, we still think that babies come from the stork. We don't <laughs> realize that every time we have a child, that child has taken everything out of our storage to grow and develop into a normal infant, which is what God created, whatever you want to think about that, how the balance and checks in this universe, in this world work. But with those nutrients come from the mother. Every time that mother has a child and she depletes her nutrients and doesn't get them replaced, she falls farther and farther and farther down the rabbit hole. So now we're at a point where the maternal body is seeing the fetal body as a risk your, that fetal body is sucking nutrients out of your body that you're not replacing. We're rejecting it. And that's what's going on. And it's simply it. that. So we need to, the first thing I sit and I talk to women, if they're having these issues, fibroids, cysts, um, 
heavy bleeding, hem hemorrhaging, um, hair loss even, and I'm, in, I'm active in a lot of these groups on social media, is, is because the, the progesterone, I asked them, what, what's your birth control history? And, um, and what's your mother's birth control history? And then I asked them, was your mother ever given DES? Do you know what DES is? I no. Okay. I can't say it. <laughs> it's a long name. Diastyrol something something. It's DES. Look it up. DES was given to women back between 1940s and 1970s before it was put into our livestock um, to prevent miscarriages. Um, it was marketed to women as a super vitamin when in fact it was high dose estrogen. Whoa. Which has now been linked to the high rate of transgenderism and the numbers because that was given to over 10 million women in that span of time. And 10 million women, and just, just do the math, if they each had two children, they each had two children, right? Um, and it's also causing a very rare form of cervical cancer in, in women um, that the HPV vaccine does not uh, even touch. Uh, it's uh, because the HPV vaccine focuses on the uh, a virus. Um, this is due to this chemical experiment on women's bodies, just like thalidomide in the UK, which never made it over here. And that happened sooner than DES. And thalidomide was given to women to prevent miscarriage, I believe. Don't quote me on that. But what it did was cause severe birth defects, depending on the time of the pregnancy when it was uh, injected. Um, so Andy Wakefield did a fabulous presentation on this and Andy pointed out if it was given in the first trimester, uh, kids, whatever was developing at that time during the first trimester was um, thwarted. So we have kids with stubs for arms and stubs for legs and shortened growth because this was being injected throughout a pregnancy. Again, another medical experiment. I'm looking at Christy's face and just going, yes, it's gross. In fact, let me tell you where the field of gynecology started. Oh, I had this dude's name in my head for a while, a couple of weeks ago. Anyway, a doctor in, in New York City, he was um, opening up women in the shed behind his house, indigent women, black women, without their consent without anesthesia oh. and doing exploratory surgeries on them. Gynecology really has a very um, incredible, disgusting beginning. Sims, they are dark. Sims, Sims, S-I-M-S. Something J. Robert Richard J. Sims or something like that. Look them up. Um, very dark and sinister, but it's all been about profit because the less we know, the more they make. So Leslie, I, I got to ask a question because I'm sure women right now are going, oh my God, I'm one of those hemorrhaging women. I have a period that lasts for days. I feel like I'm bleeding out. Do you feel, do you have any suggestions for progesterone, a topical, a supplement, a precursor? You can get it at your health food store. There is a doctor, uh, doctor or platwellness.com, Dr. Michael Platt. He's my go-to on this. Um, and he has developed his own natural progesterone, which is 50% stronger than was on the market. And he was compelled to do this because his mother uh, died of an estrogen related breast cancer. And so he has made it, he, now he offers many different products, but I will send women to him. And, and if you fill out his consultation form, he'll either respond or uh, in some cases call you. I don't know how busy he is those days. Um, you know, because there are more and more women suffering um, daily. 
Um, so the, the methods of birth control that we're concerned about, just so that women know, are the Marina, Skyla, Kylina, IUDs that can cause hair loss, weight gain, anxiety, uh, PMDD. They're all progestin-based. Then you have Depo-Provera, which is the injection that stays in your, that is good for three months, I believe. Um, and then you have to renew it every three months. But you, you're a week into that injection and you're going, oh my God, what's going on? And you're stuck with it for two and a half more months. And then you're stuck with it because it's got an afterlife. Right? Mm -hmm. So the Depo-Provera, the Implanon, which is a rod that goes, or is called Norplant now, Norplant Implanon, it's the rod that goes into your arm. Um, then there is the NuvaRing, which is actually caused deaths. Um, women, I want to send you all over to a website for an organization that I belong to, and I don't have any affiliate for affiliation really with the uh, parent organization, which is Natural Womanhood, where you can find out about natural family planning. Um, but they set up a sister site, which iudalert.com. And we're asking women to share their stories with us. And we probably have 20 or 25 stories up there already from women who have sent in their testimonials. And what this organization is doing is uh, investing in the SEO part of it. So as women are searching for uh, information on contraception, they're coming to our website because we're ranking high and, and can read the stories of these other women and what's happened to their lives and what they've experienced. So they we can make an informed decision before they so, go into the doctor. I, I bet there's a lot of women now feeling like they need to get off their birth control ASAP. Is it safe for someone to go cold turkey off their birth control? And are there supplements or nutrients that they should be replenishing? Great question. Yes. Um, let me tell you how desperate some women are. You know, the IUD has to be inserted by a doctor. Some women are so desperate, they're taking it out at home, oh. in bed or having their husbands take it out or their partners, whatever that looks like. And sometimes it perforates the uterus, which then leads oh. to a much larger pro problem or it rips um, the vaginal canal. Um, some women still get pregnant on the IUD and so babies have come out with an IUD embedded in their forehead. One baby in the UK came out clutching a IUD. Um, I could tell you lots of stories about that. Every synthetic hormone depletes nutrients. Every medication depletes nutrients. Um, why? Because your body's got all these synthetics roaming around. It doesn't know what to do with them, can't utilize them because they can't be broken down. The body doesn't know how to break them down. So, I mean, in terms of going back to hormones, the reason that many of us are carrying extra weight around our hips and, and abdomen as women, because that's where all this unchecked estrogen is being stored. And I learned somewhere that fat cells actually are created in the body to capture toxins. So, I mean, there is a rhyme and a reason for it, but you look at the obesity problem, and for a lot of us women who have, are carrying this extra weight around on the lower part of our body, and it's because that's where all that estrogen is being stored. There are, there is enough documentation out there. Uh, we've known uh, for decades, um, that especially the B vitamins are being depleted. Um, you add to that, you know, pregnancies, your daily stressors, your multitasking, taking care of kids, not getting enough nutrients in your food, et cetera, et cetera. Um, your hormones being whacked out, uh, which is why so many women go struggle as they go into menopause. And, and we become mental, emotional disasters. So let me just give you an analogy of what's going on. Your hormones throughout the whole body. Yes, like the brain cells are throughout the whole body. We now know that now the brain is not a glob in the head. Um, but your hormones are circulating throughout your body and they carry chemical messages to the cells in the body and that is their role. So the body and the cells know how to function. Am I going to school today? 
Am I going to work today? Am I taking the bus? Am I taking the train? That's what our body's doing. All right, and how are we dealing with this adrenal stress today, body? What is that going to do? Are we fighting or are we flighting? All right, so, but your hormones, when the messages get skewed because they've been chemically skewed or suppressed, all right, and they're trying to attach to a cell that now is so toxic, the mitochondria, the energy centers has shut down, and, and the receptor on the cell now has a layer of film over it. It's kind of sort of the right term. I don't think I hit on it exactly. There is a term for it, but when there's that film over the, the receptor on the cell, that hormone can't get in. All right. Or for so let me let me go to another example. Or there's that film on, on the cell and I'm and and the and the cell isn't getting the entire message. So Christy, it would be like um, me calling you up on the phone or on the cell phone, right? And sometimes we get a lot of static, right? All right. So I'm the hormone, you're the cell. And I go, Christy, um, so-and-so just died and you need to get over to New York right away. And you say to me, what? I've got to go to Boston? Bang. And you're off on the other direction. Just because there's that static in there that you're not hearing the hormone message and then a lot of times it's just like the cell phone ringing 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 and no one is picking up so that cell is not getting the message that it needs to perform and that's because uh, the synthetic hormone doesn't carry a clear signal it's not nature it's not from nature it's not natural right and we've got so much gunk that, that is sitting on our cells and we have the, the interstitial waters between our cells. All right, so what do we do to a fish tank? When the fish eat and then they shit and the water gets cloudy and then we drain the fish tank. We don't do that to our bodies. So that water becomes stagnant. So all that residue that we've taken in through uh, synthetic hormones, heavy metal exposures, um, processed foods, other chemicals, other sources, you name it, medications, all right, just slimes up on the cells. The mitochondria dies, the cells die. We all have viruses and, and parasites and bacteria, and they're continuously sucking nutrients out of our cells that if we're not replacing at a high rate, all right, we're, we're having mental health and emotional um, issues and and so we need to pay attention to all of that and, and nutrition is your building block detox and nutrition those are the keys and everyone should be doing it i just ran across this article a new study demonstrates um a group put this out um and the question is do healthy hormone levels and ovulation help women battle COVID-19? According to a recent study, the answer seems to be yes. And so if anybody want, I can send, I can send you the link to this. Maybe you'll want to post it somewhere. I already posted it. Um, but it talks about how suppressing the functioning of, our of a woman's ovulatory cycle is going to affect her health, period. Wow. And then we so, also need to, the other part that I teach women is, all right, now you're ovulating again. Uh, now you're cycling again. How do you learn to live with that cycle? How do you learn to trust yourself? And through the emotions of that cycle, through the dance of the cycle, the very powerful dance. In fact, the premenstrual phase has been known to be the most powerful time of a woman's cycle. And that's how women went into the red tent. They would share, they would intuit, they would share wisdom, wisdom of all ages. Then they come back out into their community and say, get your shit together, this is what we're doing. And Wilma Mankiller with the Cherokee Nation was a great example. She, um, first woman a leader of the Cherokee Nation and she had a much younger man by her side, but she held the wisdom in that tribe and then he would help her put all those plans together. 
And so they became very advanced working as a partnership. Where do we go from here? Because we have taken the owners of birth control on ourselves since the beginning of time, since Aristotle. I mean, there are timelines. You can see what women were doing. And they were putting manure up their vaginas. Back in the 40s and 50s, marital problems, intimacy problems, were blamed on a woman's vaginal odor. And you know what the remedy was? Manure? Lysol. What? Women were willingly, I have advertisements on, in files um, from back in the 40s and 50s. You can find them, or 30s and 40s. They were douching with Lysol to keep oh, their marriages wow. intact. Now, what are the epigenetic effects of that? Who the hell knows? So anyway, so let's go back to Wilma Mankiller and her partner. What we've lost is the partnership, the relationship. Uh, we've become sex objects um, and used as sex objects in a lot of our relationships because we don't have this partnership going, this talking about where are you in your cycle? You know, is it time to have sex? Not time to have sex? Let's that stain, let's do something else other than intercourse tonight. Let's love make in another way. Um, you know, and, and building a meaningful relationship, which is what the website naturalwomanhood.org um, is all about. And they have a huge following teaching women about family awareness, um, family awareness planning. That's a big stretch for a lot of women because we find ourselves in relationships that are not healthy um, with men um, who don't want to go down that road with us. And other women, let's be honest. And right? other women. And right? other women and so other, other women and, are and, and the and they and and the whatever we have to we include are the whole <laughs> the spectrum right. now, right? Because anyway, it's a people, but, it's a people thing. But the conversation is starting to open up. Uh, there are a lot more apps, fertility tracking awareness, and women are charting their cycles. Um, that's another whole show. Um, but anyway, and that goes back to the at-risk girls that I taught, because when they realized they were falling down the rabbit hole every single month at the same time, but then they also saw that they were popping out after they got their period, they were less likely to run away or do some sort of self-destructive behavior. Wow. But anyway, so a conversation needs to be had. We need to change the direction of birth control. We've been medical experiments for far too long. Um, Remember, hysteria is a word used to make us feel insane for what we know, but what we know is part of women's wisdom and it needs to be honored and respected um, and shared, especially with our young girls coming up. We need to teach these young girls that they have more value than what lies between their legs. We need to stop trafficking them. Save our children. Hashtag save our children. Any other questions? I think I've covered a lot today. Oh my God, Leslie. Oh my God. It's, this is like the best worst podcast. Like I've never been so like, holy shit. And at the same time, I feel so honored that you would share your brilliance with us because I truly feel enlightened and somewhat disturbed. So, um, but, but, disturbed in a way that prompts the soul to do something bigger and better about it. As we launch into this whole notion of the global family reunion, Leslie, we're going to ask you for more wisdom to share with our, with our global family, because we are in a true awakening right now, like never before. And this is huge. Let me put the a, foundation. It's huge. And let me put a cap on put, and, and make it even huger. <laughs> um, I know that's not a word, but I'm going to take it higher. Today that's what I wanted to say. And, and that is a lot of women say when they get into menopause, thank God that's over. And I'm no longer cycling. Not true. You are now cycling with the moon. Before 1542 AD, every country in the world was governed by the lunar calendar. I think Israel still uses a, a lunar calendar. There's one country that does. And don't quote me that it's Israel, but it's, it's one of those nations, yes. Um, but 
every month started with the new moon, there were 13 uh, months in a year because of the lunar cycle. So we all had the same ebb as the moon rose in the sky and with the full moon. And now at the time of this recording, we are in the, uh, the waning days of the moon cycle. And that means energy is going down, less phone calls, less activity, people saying, oh, I'm so tired, um, stressing out more and more anxiety, but they don't realize that the whole collective consciousness is following that moon cycle, just like every other life form does. So if we had all these menopausal women going into your global community and global awakening, realizing that they cycle with the moon, we'd become a powerful force to be reckoned with. Because mm. we'd all be moving up with the moon, making use of all that collective energy, using it for a source of goodness. And then we'd all be reflecting on the other side to what can we, what do we need to accomplish in the next cycle? And that's what red tents were about in moon huts. Um, that's what gathering around the kitchen table is about, crying at the table and how do we reach out and support that woman? And what do we share? Science, we share our wisdom. We share our wisdom and our intuition and we help that woman on her journey. So that's so healing, Leslie. Thank you. I think a lot of women, I mean, that just moved me to, to tears um, on the inside. I, I feel like there's many breakdowns that I ha probably haven't been honest about just because, you know, trying to push through and trying to stay up in the energy. Um, I like the matrix of being more in flow, moving with the, en the natural energies, getting in alignment. Uh, with each other and really that's where trust comes in we start trusting ourselves our partners start trusting us because we're trusting our emotions yeah and we become a more trusting compassionate society instead of what we're seeing now which is control and and clashing and and it's not our reality it's not and, the reality we we would have created and it's going to take some practice uh, and it's probably going to take some, you know, a lot of practice. We're not going to get it right on the first time, but if we all make a little bit more effort to understand where we're at, where the moon is and how to work together, I think we can get there a lot faster. Come um, dance with me. I'll be glad to oh, lead you in it and bring all I these dancing with feminists you. into it. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's dance oh. under the light of the moon. <laughs> This has been an episode of the Wonder Life Podcast, the voice for health and wellness, where soul, science, and technology meet. You may find us on social at wonder.life, at wonderhealth, or at wonderhealth.com, and that is wonder with a U. Stay tuned for our upcoming launch of the Wonder Wellness Academy, where you and master teachers connect to elevate your minds, bodies, and souls.